And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I, myself, am not willing to donate 
to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, once again, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. Great friend of mine, great mind for wrestling. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. And one of the few correspondents that actually shows up on time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. John Tumblin. Vinny, Vinny, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing today? It's, uh, it's NXT time right here absolutely man i cannot wait nxt was one hell of a great show and of course we kick things off with adam cole making his way to the ring still trying to get used to the new music that adam cole has i got gonna lie i'm kind of still trying to adjust to it but it's good and then of course adam cole says samoa joe doesn't understand that he is the king of nxt no one can change cole's mind he has no use for regal after cole destroys kylo Riley, everyone will know he's the greatest NXT superstar of all time. Next, Carmelo Hayes walks down to the ring. Hayes says Cole may not know who he is, but Hayes knows who Cole is. Hayes says he's going to be the one to change Cole's mind. Cole asks how. Hayes says, ruthless aggression, same energy, and then slaps the taste out of Cole's mouth. Okay, this, so this confused me really quick. So, Vinny, I did not watch wrestling the last time Ruthless Aggression was a thing. Okay. It was before my time. So, correct me if I am wrong here, or maybe you can shed some light. Are they, is Triple H trying to, like, revitalize this Ruthless Aggression thing? Or, like, what is going on with that, first and foremost? Well, it's a playoff of something that happened back in 2002. Um, Kurt Angle was doing this thing where he would call it basically an open challenge and he called it the Kurt Angle Invitational and in the first couple of weeks he was putting his Olympic gold medal on the line the one that he won in the Olympics in 1996 with a broken freaking neck which he said in the ring but was also the truth so he was doing this invitational and he challenged anybody in the locker room to come out and John Cena was the one who came out to answer the challenge but at the time John Cena was not a main eventer he was brand new this was his first time ever on WWE this was his debut match so he's coming out in matching boots and tights and no one has any idea who he is you see him walking to the ring your first thought is who the fuck is this guy you and he's walking to the ring so Kurt Angle says who in the hell are you? And he hands the microphone and he goes, I'm John Cena. And Cranel goes, John Cena, huh? He said, well, let me ask you this. What makes you think you got what it takes to come into the ring and face the very best in the business? And John Cena goes and like, he's like, ruthless aggression. And then he slapped Kurt Angle and they rang the bell and the match started. And then they had a hard fought match, but in the end, Kurt Angle was able to get the win. But John Cena basically impressed everyone with the match because he was able to go toe-to-toe with Kurt Angle and Kurt mentioned years later in an interview the reason the match was so fast-paced was because he was trying to tire Cena out and make him blow up in the ring and get gassed out and tired and Cena didn't blow up because even though he doesn't do any cardio he has great in-ring shape so he couldn't get him to tire out (laughs) so but they had the match Kurt Angle won Cena barely won the match and so they were basically playing off of a, a John Cena debut well I'll have to tell you 
um, that was my initial reaction to this whole was like, one, uh, amazing to see Adam Cole back in the ring. Uh, he could have a mic every single week and he would be, he is amazing with it. Um, but second of all, like, who the hell is Carmelo Hayes coming down? Like, I had no idea who this guy was. He starts talking about ruthless aggression. I was like, I know for a fact I've heard Vinny talk about that before, but I don't know the reference. Um, and sure enough, they, these two guys had a, like, legitimately a hell of a match on TV to open the show here. Like, it was an actual match. And I'll tell you what, uh, I didn't think that they were going to let Carmelo Hayes win, but he didn't, obviously. Adam Cole won, but Carmelo Hayes looked awesome in this match, and Adam Cole really helped him look awesome. He really did. Like, it was, it, it, it was, like, the match, as far as the in-ring matches and the moves, it wasn't identical, but the storytelling was. Like, it's kind of like, Adam Cole is the very best in NXT, and Carmelo Hayes is trying to make a name for himself, and it, it, it said the same thing after the match. Adam Cole got the win. He looks good going into the Great American Bash against Kyle O'Reilly, but Carmelo Hayes left his mark. The only difference is after the match, there wasn't an Undertaker level wrestler to go shake his hand and say, nice job, like Taker did to Cena later on in the show. So it was amazing. And also as a side note, to anybody who saw the Firefly Funhouse, you might have saw the Cena in the ring trying to slap Bray Wyatt saying ruthless aggression. That's why they did that. It was a playoff of his debut and Bray playing mind games. Just, that's just a little side note for the audience. But yeah, so but this match, I loved it. And I, I walked away from this match the same way I walked away from Cena and Angle all those years ago. I walked away thinking, I want to see more Carmelo Hayes. I loved his mic skills. I loved his in-ring skills. I want to see more of him. And you should want to see more of him because he, like... (laughs) Honestly, these two had such a good match, and uh, I wasn't sure if Adam Cole was going to... Okay, real quick, before I talk about the finish, and then we'll move on to the next match, but, like, how did you feel Adam Cole finishing this match with the Panama Sunrise and uh, not the last shot? I mean, are you okay with him, like, sort of going to the Panama Sunrise instead of the last shot because he sort of reserves the last shot for, like, the big matches? Uh, If that's the reason reason he does it then yes i don't know if he reserved i didn't know he reserved the last shot for the big matches but as long as he puts him away with something good that's all that matters like as long as it's not a as long as it's not like a stupid uh, some some stupid random move like the panama sunrise is a move that i've seen i've seen adam cole pin people with that move he pinned velveteen dream with that move i yep. mm-hmm. i think did he pin was, was that the move he used to beat mcafee Ooh, that i I think he may have last shot at him because last the the last shot is a little easier for a like a greener person to take than a, than you know a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, I, although I I know Pat McAfee's taken the Panama Sunrise. I just didn't know if he pinned him with it, but I know he's hit the move before, which is like which I did not expect that they that they would like someone at Pat McAfee's level would put that trust in Adam Cole. Like that's because that's that, that that's a move where you got to trust you're know, the person you're working with because one false move can paralyze you. So I was impressed with that so i know he's taken the panama sunrise i just don't remember if that was what pinned him or not but i do know he's pinned people with the panama sunrise before so i was okay with it in that instance well uh either way great 
a fantastic match to open the show. Absolutely. And then, of course, after that, uh, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Zoe Stark. And apparently her and Io Shirai, they were talking about, you know, her coming out to save Io. And basically, she was just returning the favor. But Io comes up to Zoe and says, I respect you, but I don't like you. Which I thought was odd. Okay. Yeah. Th- okay. That's th- why? That didn't make any sense. Is is Io supposed to be? I thought Io was a baby face. Now that was my impression. Unless she, is she turning heel again? Like I don't get it. I I think this was more or less like a I, I don't know. Like let me just show that I'm still a main eventer. So let me sound like a badass to to the new girl. I don't know. But either way, I don't think Io Shirai is turning heel again. So this was just kind of out of place. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course we cut to uh. Uh, a special uh, vignette where we see uh, the new million dollar champion L.A. Knight basically sitting in his uh, luxurious home with champagne and you know, the million dollar belt laying out by the pool, basically reminding us of the fact that he you know, took out Ted DiBiase last week. He said, I got everything I wanted. I got rid of what I don't need and making fun of the fact that Cameron Grimes now all of a sudden cares about Ted DiBiase. And I got to say, obviously, I love the promo. We, we say it all the time but it bears repeating give la night let him talk every week please like just he he can just sit there and talk i want to see him wrestle but he can he can just talk every week and that's the, and he's still entertaining so and very few wrestlers have that quality but i do love the fact that he pointed out the cameron grimes thing because i don't know john if that confused you but it definitely confused me because one minute him and teddy are going back and forth now all of a sudden he cares about teddy's safety um, I I don't know. Are you conf- Does it make sense to you? Because it ain't making sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it is making sense to me only only in the sense that like he loses the match. Therefore, like initially in his head. Okay, well, put it this way, Vinny. I'm not I'm not saying I exactly know what's going on, but uh, me, you know, being a D and D DM for uh, going uh, on 20 years at this point, I can sort of like formulate a like maybe a backstory or something that they're what they're trying to. To do here i mean uh real quick think about it Vinny. you are in a match to get someone's approval at the end of the day because for the million dollar belt and get ted dibiase's approval you lose so one you initially think that oh man i lost i can't have his approval now but then the person who wins attacks him what better way to then get ted dibiase's approval to now support him that that actually makes sense that makes a lot of sense I, so I, not when you put so it like he, that. Yeah, right. So he's gonna he's gonna take that uh the advantageous position he has right now. Like, all right, well, uh, L.A. Knight may have the belt, but uh, now I can still get in the good graces of the the original million dollar man Ted DiBiase, and uh, you know maybe I could still sort of uh, build that bridge between the two. Absolutely, I like that. I like I like the way you think. I like the way you put that together. By the way, uh, side note for the Boochcast audience: sometime in October, maybe november expect the D show that's what we got for now so i know you guys have been waiting for it and we keep pushing it but we are guaranteeing you it's coming october november it'll be here um and next on that note we cut to another in-ring segment we've got johnny gargano and austin theory gargano says there is a new sheriff in town and nxt needs a new champion to represent it nxt doesn't need carrying cross they need a respectable family man they need gargano when gargano was champion for 50 plus days nxt was perfect 
Gargano can out-wrestle Cross any day of the week. Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan can interrupt. Dunne says Gargano is daft if he thinks he should be the number one contender. Gargano says he knows what Dunne is trying to do, and they aren't going to get roped into a fight. The way are law-abiding citizens now. Theory wags his finger at Dunne as he's leaving the ring. Dunne grabs Theory's hand and snaps his fingers. Uh, I'm a little tired of Austin Theory being the comedic, uh, like dumb idiot, but super muscly and like looks good. I'm I'm slowly getting a little tired of it. But then again, um, I can honestly tell he's learning a lot from Johnny Gargano because he's getting a lot better very quickly. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, and I've learned this with Austin Theory, and I I mentioned this, uh, I think it was on last week's show. He's learning to balance the two because he was being comedic for a while, but then that one time when um I think when Adam Cole attacked all of them, and at one point, Oni Lorcan and Austin Theory got into a shoving match. Austin was dead-ass serious that whole time. So I think he's kind of balancing. He's, he's like turning it on and turning it off in a way. And that's really good for his character because uh, if he was like full comedy, I mean, um, the full, like leave the full comedy to, I mean, we're going to talk about him later, but like Ever Rise. I think Ever Rise is really great as full comedy. Um, but I'm glad Austin Theory is starting to sort of like mix it up a little bit in doing both. Um, real quick, how are you feeling about the way as it's moving, like as it's progressing? I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, they're, they're not all on the same page. That's what I think is odd. Like, we're seeing Gargano and Theory go into, like, one direction. We're seeing Indy and, uh, Candice going in another direction. Um, and I, and it's like, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, they got these girls as tag team champions. You've got, supposedly, Indy and Dexter Loomis. I ain't seen Dexter in the last, like, a week or so. And just, it's, I, I don't know what they're doing. I feel like the way, they need to get all four people on the same page because I get that they're guys and girls and stuff but they're still a faction they have to be together more often instead of doing this two by two thing because you want to separate the genders yeah they have been really split lately which is the weird part because like it, it feels like every week we're going to get a little bit of Indy and a, a little bit of uh, a Candice LeRae and then some point later on in the show we get Johnny and Austin Theory like if you're going to be a faction stick together exactly that, that and that's really my only complaint with the way other than that I like what they're doing I just want to know when is I just need to know when are they finally going to pull the trigger on Indy and Dexter because they have to pay that off They've dried their way to Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even seen Indy in a little while until this week. Yeah, the last time we saw her, uh, Poppy gave Dexter a hug in around Triple H and Regal. Indy, Indy freaked out and ran away. And then and then Dexter had the look on his face like, what the fuck? Which I still loved. And that's, and that, again, it's what I love about Dexter Loomis. He steals the show and doesn't say a word. This this man is yeah. talent. Yeah, he, he really is one of the best at saying absolutely nothing and conveying every message you would need him to convey exactly and on that note we uh cut to the backstage area regal tells cole that what happened last week was one and done cole says it's not over regal says cole provoked joe and joe clutched him out that should be enough cole says the fact that regal isn't reprimanding joe for what he did last week is typical and cole storms off 
they're making Cole out here to be like a freaking like a giant baby in that I'm not like like he's and I, I don't appreciate it because Adam Cole is the Iron Man of NXT. He doesn't deserve that crap, but that's kind of what they're doing and it bothers me. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they're they're trying to get uh Cole to be a heel. And unfortunately that's how heels behave. They're supposed to be whiny. Like even even Triple H as a heel was fucking whiny before he became like a ma- a major like authority figure back when he was just a full-time wrestler before he got any COO CEO type of jobs he you know it's like that that's that unfortunately that's the price Adam Cole has to pay in order to be a heel because you he, you have to make him unlikable and Adam Cole's too good in the ring for him to be hated in the ring so they got to use the promos to get the heat and so unfortunately him being whiny works but it's also funny because you know Regal made it very clear to everyone that Joe's not allowed to touch anybody unless he's provoked so as long as you don't put your hands on Samoa Joe he can't do anything to you and we and he's demonstrated that before where he's literally stared people down and just let them walk by which which is uh by the way uh we didn't get a chance to talk about this I really like the position of Samoa Joe I'm glad he's back uh in WWE in general not just in NXT but uh I'm glad that he's like Regal's enforcer and not anything else yeah I mean I like it too I like the fact because there's so many times that you know like I said this has been chaos all over the place and Regal a Apparently is not at a point where he can physically do anything about it. So you've got Samoa Joe. And, you know, obviously there's going to be moments where Joe gets physically provoked. Because people are going to be waiting for Joe to, you know, clutch somebody and choke him out. And we know he can do it because he practically choked out Brock Lesnar one time with that move. So we know how devastating it can be. Because he had Lesnar in that move and that fucker turned pink. His face was pink because he damn near choked him out. So we know. But, but do the people of NXT remember that? I hope so. Me too. They better. Like you you there's no way you can't remember that. Like that that's a if you're a wrestling fan, period, you should remember that. Because Brock Lesnar very seldom looked weak ever since coming back. Ever since he came back in 2012, he has that's very true. seldom looked weak. That was one of the rare moments where Lesnar was weak. Now, of course, Joe had to sneak up from behind Lesnar to do that. It wasn't in the middle of a match when he turned him pink. But still, like it it put Lesnar in a weakened state. And and eventually, the WWE security had to come out and pull Joe off of Lesnar. So Lesnar never broke the grip. The security had to come and force him off. So it worked. So we know that move is devastating. So it made sense when he locked Cole in it. He should go limp, as far as I'm concerned. No disrespect to Adam Cole, but if that can make Lesnar turn pink, it should be able to, boom, choke out anybody. The only person I should see oh, even I trying to break that, except for Karrion Cross, nobody else should be even attempting to break that hold. It should just be choke out. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm glad that they they paid that off. Like Adam Cole wasn't some superhero uh, last week. Like he took the coquina clutch and he went down like he was supposed to. I'm glad they're at least keeping up with that continuity. And yeah, and what made it work was the fact that you know Joe's trying to separate them and Adam Cole pushed Joe out of the way. So yeah, as soon as you Joe, touched him, so and and then that's when he and they and they pause and, and then Joe did that pause so the audience can register. Oh shit, he just touched him. So then he takes the. Chance it off and freaking chokes him. I'm like, yes. They now obviously they're not gonna do this every week. They need to spread it out. But at some point, like if it goes too long, at some point we need another physical promotion and a choke out from Joe. And like you can't you can't do it too often, but you can't go too long without one. At some point, there's gonna have to be another altercation where Joe chokes somebody out. Yeah, I agree. He needs like he needs to be that enforcer. 
Exactly. And on that note, we cut again to the backstage area with Johnny Gargano, who knocks on Regal's office door for the first time ever and actually waits for Regal to tell him to come in. Gargano wants Regal to do something about what Dunn did to Theory. So Regal books Gargano and Theory in a tag team match against Dunn and Lorcan tonight. This... I never understand when the heels do this. Like, I want, you know, that's bullshit what he did. Well, yeah, it was, but uh, you asking something to be done about it, that means Regal's just going to give you a match. Like, I mean, it, it seems like a babyface thing to do, not a heel thing. Yeah, it is. Like, it's it's what that, that's what that's usually what a general man, if a, if a babyface general manager is going to do that. If a heel complains, I want something done, all right, get him in a match. That's usually what they do. The heel will usually kick the person out of the building. That's kind of the difference between a babyface GM and a heel GM. A babyface will book a match and make y'all settle it in the ring. A, a heel GM will pull some tactics like, you're kicked out of the building, you're banned from the building, get out. Like, that's usually what they do. So it's it, it depends on the situation. And what I love about NXT is that William Regal is is that they have a babyface GM. They got somebody that's just a GM. He's not a heel. He's not trying to screw anybody over. They just have officials at this point. And honestly, it's good good because nxt at some point like i don't know uh carrying cross is a heel like he's the heel champion but uh a lot of the main players in nxt right now are heels so i'm glad that we have at least like a face gm and a face enforcer to sort of uh keep that mixture good exactly because if yeah because this thing if you have too many heels and not enough baby faces somebody has to keep the heels in line and that's usually what the gm is designed for and in this case this is what samoa joe is designed for like Joe Stephen said, I'm here to make sure you get the respect that you deserve. And I like that. I also like that Joe acknowledged that he made Regal's life a living hell when he was NXT champion. I mean, uh, it's good continuity. Like, yeah. I like the fact that we can go back that far and he was there. It's not like, you know, uh, he doesn't exist. You know, he, he was NXT champion. Yeah, he said, I didn't make your job easy, but I always respected you. So I like that. It, it made that establishment. So on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea with Robert Stone. So, uh, this match right here, I'm actually surprised it was as long as it was. And then, like you and I were talking earlier, at some point, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell come out. Like, uh, you guys couldn't have just been with the way with, with like with everybody else at the time. But anyway, uh, this was a good match. Uh, the my my, my only complaint about it was like. Uh, I never even thought that they were going to let uh, the Robert Stone brand win this match. Like, there's no way. I The only reason I thought they could have had a shot at winning is when Io Shirai said, I respect you, but I don't like you. I thought somehow that might play a factor, and I was shocked that it didn't. Uh, but, of course, uh, Shirai hits the over-the-moon salt, gets the win uh, for the team. Uh, tag team match, I guess. It was decent. Like It, it was it, decent. It was a decent little little women's tag match. Now, uh, it now of course, after the match, we definitely set up Great American Bash, which I believe was the whole point of this match in the first place. Yes, because eventually, uh, you know, as we said, The Way comes out, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez come out, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon come out, and apparently everyone wants a shot at the tag titles. And then a brawl breaks out. Lorraine and the, the way don't get involved. And then Samoa Joe walks down to the ring, calls for security to break up the brawl. And uh, 
how do you okay i understand samoa joe is the enforcer how do you feel about him doing this for the women as well uh i like it um, Me too. me too i just wanted to see where your head was at with it well my well here's where my head is at here's my question this, this is the only thing i'm concerned with regal has said and we mentioned before joe cannot put his hands on a superstar unless he's provoked Adam Cole put his hands on him. Samoa Joe choked him out. Here's the big question. What's going to happen if one of these girls slaps Samoa Joe? Uh, it's WWE. They're not going to let that happen. So that's almost that. And that's my point, though. If Joe's not going to do anything, don't put that storyline in there. Because the second you pull a Stephanie McMahon, this whole thing goes down the toilet. Now, for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about, I will explain. A Stephanie McMahon, if you've watched the main roster, and I know Joe doesn't watch it anymore, but he's watched it for a period of time in over the years. Um, Stephanie McMahon had this thing where every time she was in an altercation with a male superstar, she would slap them in the face. And the man would do nothing. Nothing. The segment would end. And... And I don't know about everybody else out there, but it pissed me the fuck off every time it did. It, I'm not going to say why, because I'm not in the mood to get controversial today. I'm just going to say deal. it pissed me off to watch that. And I'm well, hoping... Uh, I've even heard say on this podcast uh if a, i mean she wants to see guy uh she wants to see uh male on female wrestling like they did in lucha she loved it she did i know and we i, I think we even talked about that when we did the uh rocky horror picture show um review she we brought that up because that happened where um uh tim curry's character slapped janet <laughs> And we talked about that briefly. So, yeah. so we've mentioned that. And that's a good point. But so I'm just saying, I, I hope it doesn't come. They, I hope WWE doesn't pull that. But then again, Triple H is in charge of NXT and he tries to keep fuckery like that off his show. So I have faith in Triple H that he will not let that happen. But I just want to say, if you're not going to let Joe run wild, just don't let it be a thing. But I like the fact that he's he brought the security out there and they did their job. And then I believe they booked the match. Uh, we're going to see... Basically, the other three remaining tag teams, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, and Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, I believe it's this coming Tuesday, in a triple threat match, and the winning team will face the way at the Great American Bash. Uh, for uh, the, the the number one contendership for the NXT women's tag team title. Yes, the winner will get a shot at their belts at the Great American Bash. Um, and... A uh, part of me wants to see. I had to pick a team. I I I, I like to see Dakota and Raquel get it. I feel uh, like I don't. I honestly, that would only benefit Dakota because you already like Raquel. Like I understand they are a tag team. Don't get me wrong, but I do not see the point of having like Dakota Kai and her win just so Dakota Kai can get a belt. But the thing is, Dakota Kai deserves a freaking belt at this point. Just put any belt on her. Yeah, and and also because I. Here's how I look at it. At some point, they can drop those titles and it can cause a split because then Dakota can get mad and potentially go for the women's title if Raquel's still holding it. So that's usually where my thought process goes. I'm trying to think what's the best way to split up a tag team, have them lose the belts and have somebody else be at fault. That's why I think with the way that'd be a good way to get the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell thing happening. They lose the belts. Candace snaps, beats the hell out of Indy. Uh, the other guys come into the ring, but before they can touch Indy, Dexter comes comes out, lays the two of them out, Candace runs for the hills, and then we have them as an official couple and we pay that off finally. Yeah, and but but the thing is <laughs> 
Vin, how like how, how much longer, honestly, do you think we could do the India Hartwell Dexter Loomis thing before it gets paid off? Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Let's let take it to the bash, and boom, there it is. Pay it off at the bash. I, I really hope they do it because that's what I'm saying. There's we only can't... there's only so much more I could take, dude. Exactly, and unless unless you're gonna ha- the only other thing I would say is unless you're gonna do a takeover the week of SummerSlam, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, it's been, it's it's been going on way too long at this point. But anyway. Uh, anyway. that that is going to be a really good triple threat match. Uh, it you know it it looks like it's going to be one of those like out of control tag team matches. But uh, with with uh, some of my favorite uh, wrestlers in NXT in there, like seeing Shotzi, uh, I'm glad Ember Moon's doing uh, the Eclipse again. Uh, just you know, it's it's really good to see some of those tag teams, which is also why Raquel and Dakota don't need it. Exactly. And on that note, we cut to uh, a backstage interview. We got uh, Bronson Reed uh, as the North American champion celebrating uh, his the fact that he's still champion. Next thing we know, Hit Row shows up, and uh, Isaiah apparently has his sights set on the North American title. Uh, being the leader of that faction, uh, I would uh, I would agree that uh, he should have his sights on a on a title like that um, now. But Vinny, uh, I still am hearing your complaint from the last time we played. We still haven't seen the girl wrestle. No, we haven't. I I, I again. I, I need. I, I. I. I don't know why we're not seeing the girl wrestle. I really want to see that happen. Um. But I will say. Um. I think if Bronson Reed's gonna lose that title, it should be to Isaiah because I feel like that would establish Hit Row as a dominant faction to have Isaiah as the North American champion because he's not quite ready for the NXT title yet. But I do think in a little bit of time he could be in that circle if this faction goes well and if he keeps doing what he's doing. He's got potential to be an NXT champion but the North American title he's more than ready for that and I feel yeah, like and that's uh, good. if you pull it back if you go back in time a little Vinny uh, Isaiah and Bronson Reed they were the last two people of that uh, fatal or of that uh, fatal five way to be the number one contender yeah that's right so obviously they have um, you know there's a history there there's a lot of good potential there and I don't know when this is going to happen I don't know if they've booked it for the bash or not but i will say if you're not gonna book this match now start building the foundation for the story that's what i would say we need to, we need at some point these two need to have a match and when that happens he needs to take that belt Dra- tell the story however you need to don't drag it out too long though but we need to see i want to see isaiah with that north american title because I yeah need- i uh i really do too and <sighs> We, Vinny, we need to see the girl wrestle. <laughs> yes, and for the love of God, put the girl in the ring. Let's see if she can work. We need, we need, we need more female talent. Although we've got a lot of good female talent, I can't wait to get to those in a moment. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, then after that, we see uh, Mercedes Martinez, who apparently is in a schedule for a mixed tag match against Zia Lee and I think Boa is the other guy's name. Yeah, uh, next week. Yeah, and then so she says she doesn't she doesn't really have a partner yet. Next thing you know, uh, Zia Lee attacks her from behind. And uh, and then Jake Atlas shows up to kind of back everyone down. And now it looks like we got Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez versus Xia Li and Boa. Yeah, next week. Uh, we haven't had a mixed tag match in a while. And uh, I think they're just trying to build up Xia Li a little bit here. Because um, the thing is, like, everyone knows Mercedes Martinez is a badass. We don't need anyone or a match to tell us that. We already know she is. Um, so, but uh, I... 
I haven't seen Boa in a while, so this is probably good for Xylee and Boa. It, it, I think it's going to benefit Boa the most because he's going to get back on TV, and we're going to hopefully be reminded of how good he is. Uh, Xylee and Mercedes have already established themselves, and Jake Atlas is there. <laughs> like he, he, he's Jake Atlas. Exactly. Like I, I don't hate him, but I don't get excited for him either. Like Jake Atlas is like, eh, he's there. All right. Uh, Mercedes has a partner. That, that's all I need Basically, to know. Basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, like if I had to predict, I would say Atlas is the one that's going to eat the pin. Exactly. If they lose. I don't know. Uh, but on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. We have uh, The Way, Gargano and Theory versus Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan. Okay, this match here, uh, this match went way longer than I thought it was going to, and it was way better than I thought it was going to be. But I don't know why I thought that way, because when you look at the people involved, like, I mean, if you even forget about Lorcan and uh, Theory, we, we still had we still had Gar uh, Gargano and Pete Dunn. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this match went. This was a really good match, and I uh, like they worked really really well. Um, the only thing that kind of annoyed me, but I know he has to do it. Uh, Austin Theory's um, his constant with his hand being hurt. Like it was good continuity. You know, it, it makes it makes sense that he would that he he would do that. Sometimes I feel like like uh just forget it dude i i know you're gonna wrestle i know this is entertainment your hands not actually hurt just just wrestle yeah but the thing is i i liked it because it was it, it's still selling and it's it's True. important so you know if if you just broke my fin if my fingers are broken or at least hurt like hell and you smack my smack my hand especially when i'm dumb enough to put up the hand that is broken to tag with it's gonna hurt like i you're right I loved it because it made perfect sense. It would be like, it's like, it's like if you have sunburn, somebody touches it, you're in fucking pain. Like, and it's like one time I had, I had sunburn completely down my back one time and I was in school and I had this like jacket on because I was covering my body because I got sunburned everywhere. Um, and I'm at my locker, this is in high school and a buddy of mine walked up to me. Now he doesn't know that I'm sunburned. He has no idea. So he comes over and gives me this big pat on the back. Like, what's up, buddy? And he just pats me right on the back. And I let out this scream. I was like, ah! like, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, dude, it was loud enough. It, you could hear me all the way down the fucking hallway. I was screaming. I was like, yeah. And he's like, and he goes, dude, what the fuck? And I was like, I'm sunburned. He went, oh shit. Was this back at Northview? This was Northview, yes. Yeah, who was it? Now that I, now, now, uh, now Chris, I'm curious. Chris Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, the, he was, he was a black kid with glasses that was in my uh, history class. Yeah. We were in the same history class Shout together. Shout out. Shout out to Chris, Shout yeah. Shout out to a Northview guy. Exactly. <laughs> and we and we were friends in school. So he just, and he just came up to me. Again, he didn't know. He literally didn't know. He just gave me a big pat on the back, and I just screamed. Oh, so much fucking pain. Oh, God. Uh, I, I never uh, but, I never screamed that loud in my life. But, uh, so... One, like I said, I was surprised by how long it was and how good it was. And what a finish. Like, all Gargano here, man. Gargano is all over the ring, lands basically a snap DDT outside of the ring on Pete Dunne, and then a, and then a, a snap DDT uh, onto, onto Lorcan to finish this match. Like, what a win to put Gargano over. But not to be outdone after the match. Yes. After the match, uh, Karrion Cross comes 
comes out and attacks Gargano and basically uh, lays waste to uh, the way after that because, uh, you know, Karrion Cross, Herbert Gargano had to say, wasn't too happy about it. But still, the way looked good in victory. Um, then we cut to the backstage area where Cross and Scarlett run into Samoa Joe. Cross reminds Joe he can't do anything unless provoked, so he kind of steps to the side. Cross and Scarlett walk away. Joe turns around and sees Pete Dunne standing there, and they just stare at each other. It was good, man. It was a good confrontation. Like, we know Joe's not going to do anything unless uh, provoked or hit, and it was it was just so good. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I love it, because it's got that, Joe's got that look in his eyes like, you know he wants to, but he can't. And I love it because moments like that need to happen. So when the di- when the moment inevitably comes that Joe gets provoked and gets to choke the shit out of somebody, it'll pay off. You got to build the tension. Absolutely. So they're building the tension, and I love it. It's like Joe knows he can't do nothing, but he knows when he gets his chance, he's going to make it count. And that's what I look forward to. And then after that, we move on to the next match of the evening. Oh, God, I can't wait to talk about this. We have Frankie Monet versus Electra Lopez. Okay. Or Lopes. Why, why do you start with, I can't wait to talk about this? Because this is the first time in a long time I watched a women's wrestling match and was legit turned on in my life in a long time wow Vinny like okay like like I don't get me, I'm not saying the girls aren't attractive but usually when I'm watching it because the women and I don't mean this in a negative way I, I want I know it's gonna sound negative but don't take this in a negative way I mean this in a positive the women are so obsessed nowadays with the wrestling as opposed to how they look that when you watch the match it's like watching a match if that makes sense you know it's not, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not like the Attitude Era, where you would see bra and panties matches or Sable half naked, and you're just like, oh my god. And you're you're more focused on the hotness than the in-ring skill. Here, it's kind of the opposite. This was the first time that the girls wrestled, but also showed the hotness. Like, I'm watching Elektra in the ring, doing the, the hula dance and everything, and I am just, I can't take my eyes off this girl. Like, I, I was in <laughs> love, dude. Like, this shit fucking, I'm staring at this girl like, I don't know who she is i've never seen her in the indies but i want her on tv every week even if she just does that i don't care and well i mean they they gave her a jobber entrance but then let her do that stuff in the ring for a few seconds which apparently uh worked and that made it even better like 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 she shaked her ass and then showed her moves now frankie monet already knew she was hot when she got to the ring she worked the gimmick but still wrestles like loera loca so it worked. These women had amazing chemistry. The match was great. Monet got the win. You knew she would. But I was like, oh my God. Like, I was just mesmerized by this match. And just to be clear, this is the G-rated version of how I felt during this match. I... <laughs> Just so you know, I'm giving you. The, I'm giving. I'm trying to be as G-rated as I can. Please, I don't wanna, please, let's keep it there. Exactly. Baby. I don't want to creep. I don't want to creep John out. That's the only reason I'm G-rated with this. But I'm like, damn. And I've never. I just. I'm just saying because I realize that when I watch women's wrestling now, that thought doesn't really enter my mind as much as it used to during the Attitude Era because the women have been more focused on the wrestling than looking hot. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's where my brain went. So it was amazing to see. 
match with two girls who knew how to wrestle, knew how to work, put on a good TV match, and were still freaking hot. Like, it's doable. For anyone who thinks you can't be hot and wrestle, these two just fucking proved it. And like I said, still a fan of Frankie Monet. I want to lecture on TV every week. I She's now one of my favorites, and I've only seen one match from her. Wow. All right, Vinny. That's uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll put in a, a petition. We'll see if we can make that happen for you. All right. Yeah. And you're going to have to do it. They keep kicking me out of the room. So yeah. on that note, uh, we cut to earlier today. Uh, Everrise tried to spay paint Hit Row's truck in the parking lot. Before they get started, the window rolls down and Top Dollar is sitting in the driver's seat and Everrise runs away. I don't it, it's hard for me to take Everrise seriously with their like little like fake podcast. I don't even know if that's a real podcast. Do you know if it's real? I don't know. I, I haven't listened to it. I, I know they gotta they did they do stuff during the pre-show of NXT. The the pre-pre-show. Yeah, and it's like I don't know what the hell they're doing. It's weird. But I liked Top Dollar's line of there's no point wearing the ski mask if you're wearing your freaking t-shirts. True. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, so, and it was funny. I'll admit, from a comedic standpoint, it was funny. But I- I'm not a fan of Everice. I'm not liking the gimmick. I think they're ridiculous, but I can laugh at something if it's genuinely funny. Like stuff. True. So I, 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 I will admit this was funny. Do I like Everrise in general? No, but this made me laugh. So I'll, I'll give it to them. I laughed. It, their goal was to make me laugh, and they succeeded. So the segment worked. Um, and then of course we have the next match. Then that moved on. Then they show us the next match of the evening, if we're even gonna call it that. Uh, Hit Row versus Everrise. Uh, ooh, would I call it a match? Okay, I would call it a match because it it you at least they at least got some time but it uh it surely wasn't a very long match that's for sure yeah and what i will say is i, I will and i'll give them credit for this when Everrise got offense on top dollar everything they did to him was believable Oh yeah, true. They attacked him. He kind of like he kind of like you know you know you know kind of not. I don't want to say you know he kind of like you know covered up because two guys are swinging at you. I don't care how big you are, you're gonna cover up so you don't get seriously hit because you got four arms coming at you. He pushed the guys off him. That was believable. He ran at them. They both pull down the top rope and he goes over the top rope and lands on his feet. This is all believable shit. Like you're 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 tricking the big guy. They're not overpowering him. They're outsmarting him. So it was believable. The offense was something that as a human being you could register as a little guy outsmarting a big guy. So True. loved that aspect. And then when it was t- and then when they actually tried to get real offense, Top Dollar beat the ass. <laughs> and then they hit their finish for the win. So I loved it. It was it the, the offense was believable and and that's what I enjoy. I like I like seeing things in a ring that are believable, which is why I love NXT because the shit they do is believable. Um you know, every now and then they have moments where they shouldn't have done shit, but that's few and far between. I enjoyed the believability of them and the fact that it was believable made me enjoy it despite the fact that it was clearly a squash match. Yeah, I agree. Um the more and more I keep seeing uh Hit Row, they're getting a lot better. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because the promos are still on point. Their timing, the way they the way they sl- the way they smoothly transition from one guy to the next guy to the next guy to the next guy, and all four of them are it's like every it's like they it's like one promo great, another promo great, another promo great, another promo great. Like when all four of them talk, all four of them do well. Like it's not like there's three good ones and one person who just can't get their shit together. They're all all on the same page. It's they're, they're a real faction. It's a real team that I'm saying. Other than we don't get to see the girl wrestle. Damn it. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking from a promo standpoint. From a wrestling standpoint, put the girl in the ring. I've seen the tag team wrestle. We already know Isaiah can work, and we love his new style. Put the girl in the ring. I want to see the girl in the ring. I want to see her work a match. I need to know if she can wrestle or not because I need to know if she needs to do needs to either be given more TV time, if she needs to go back to the performance center, or if she needs to just stick to being a valet. We, we kind of need to know because if she's got I mean, great— She can be a valet. That's fine. Just yeah. tiny, like, like at least Lena Vega got, got in the ring. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, she— she serves a purpose, regardless of whether she can wrestle or not. She has great mic skills, so she serves a purpose in the faction. My question is, is she just a valet or she can work? If she can work, put her in the ring because in NXT, you can't have too many good women's wrestlers because uh, if you're looking for great women's wrestling, NXT is the place to be. This yes, they, certainly not. Certainly not, not Not that other trash brand. Oh, it's definitely not. I mean, I'll give them credit. It's gotten better, but NXT is still the best. It's improved. Dra- dramatically, but AW, I mean, NXT is still the best. So there we go. So on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. We have Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, I did not expect this. Uh, this isn't the the second match in a row where I was like, "All right, it's the main event." So I knew I knew it was gonna get some time, but I had no idea they were actually gonna like let Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida like work how they did. Uh, I was really impressed by the general like technicality of this match. I was too. Uh, I was all. I, I had a feeling the way they were building the match that we were gonna see some. I knew it was gonna be a fight. Because they were selling this like it was going to be a real fight. Because in a way, it was supposed to be kind of like a throwaway type of thing with him and Adam Cole. Like just pick two guys you can wrestle, and then we'll and then you guys can face off at the bash. So that's why, like with Adam Cole and the and the guy he faced and Carmelo Hayes, he I expected that match to not I, I expected the match to not be good, but it ended up being great. So I, but I didn't go in there with that expectation. With this match, I went in with the expectation of this is going to be this is going to be interesting because they were building it up like it was a real fight like Kyle O'Reilly wanted this match and you know to me uh, I'm like all right because like I mentioned before I'm not the biggest Kushida fan on the planet but I know a lot of people are and I know that uh, Kushida works a style that complements Kyle O'Reilly very well so I knew these two were gonna get we're gonna be something special I knew that this could work you know, from the submission counters to the back and forth action to the moments where it looked like each guy was going to win. Like they really, they told the story with this. They went farther than they needed to. And thankfully nobody got hurt. Yeah. And like, like to me, this is what I want Timothy Thatcher's matches to be. And they're not, they're boring as shit. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, okay, this is actually like, like some technical wrestling I, I, I can get behind because Timothy Thatcher can't get me into it. Maybe. Maybe, uh... Uh, we're still not a fan of Toothless Timmy? No, he's an idiot. I don't like him. <laughs> He's honestly an idiot. I hate his. I hate his character. I hate his gimmick. I hate his wrestling. I. I. I don't like anything about Timothy Thatcher. Like absolutely nothing. Okay, so he just hasn't offended me in real life. Like like the Miz. Otherwise, I would feel like you do about the Miz about him. Yeah. Okay. Um. So how do you feel about him and uh, Champa getting a shot against MSK? I hope MSK wins. That's how much I don't like <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. Like, I want Ciampa to have the belt, but I don't because that means Timothy Thatcher will, and that's stupid. Wow. Okay. He doesn't deserve a belt. Uh, He's awful. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just laughing at how strongly he feels about this. 
He's awful, man. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, in, in this regard, in, in this instance, he kind of is. I was a fan of the gimmick he had before, but not necessarily this. But I, I can't I can't deal with the spot monkey chance one more second. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I, I don't hate MSK. I just uh, like I don't despise them. But they're 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 like this is a this is a team that's like they're trying to bring the AEW style to NXT and me no likey. Yeah, that's that's my issue with them. But outside of that, like like I said, the match was great. Kyle O'Reilly gets the win as well. He should because, you know, he's got the match with Adam Cole. So he has to look good for the bash. After the match, uh, Cole attacks O'Reilly. Uh, Cole and O'Reilly fight into the crowd. Joe runs down to the ring and directs security to break it up. In the ring, a guy with a hood on attacks Kushida in the ring. Tyler Rust and other gentlemen hop up on the apron. The hooded figure hit the C4 on Kushida. The man removes his hood to reveal it's Roderick Strong. Welcome back to NXT, <laughs> Roddy. Welcome back, my friend. And Malcolm Bivens gets in the ring and officially introduces us to the diamond mine okay uh i think it's a stupid name but you know what i'll i'll let it marinate a little bit yeah i think well here's the interesting thing is that uh remember if you if we remember correctly didn't they have like a bunch of diamond mine vignettes happening over the last like months or so oh whoa actually yeah hold on hold on real quick before we continue about diamond mine do you understand the other vignettes they were doing with the thing charging no okay so you don't know what that is either great because i sure as hell don't i didn't know if that was uh was that a vignette they were doing or was that like something in a commercial that that was nxt oh shit i i don't get it i don't get it i i honestly didn't even know if that was nxt or if that was segueing into a commercial or if that was just the the special the, the the site that I use to watch NXT because we don't have cable anymore. So I didn't know if that was from that site or not. I had no idea what the hell that was. I have no idea. I'm going to have to see it again. Maybe they show me a couple more things. Maybe I can get some interest out of it. But I like the fact they're calling it the Diamond Mine. And I also like the fact that they're able to use that. Because I remember um, in the early days of WCW, uh, there was a period of time. This is right around when Diamond Dallas Page uh, was... was uh, I don't want to say young because he started because he started he started wrestling at 35, so he wasn't like a young guy, but he was young guy in the sense of years of experience. Um, when he was in the early stages of his career, he had a faction called the Diamond Mine. Like he used to back when he was like a manager turned wrestler and all that. He started off as a wrestling manager, you know, once he got into the business, and he used to have a faction called the Diamond Mine. And uh, I remember Scott Hall was in it in the early years. He used to be called the Diamond Stud, and then he had these girls that would come to the ring. He called them the Diamond Dolls. Like he was very big on diamond everything, but he used to have a faction called the Diamond Mine. And huh. I guess so many time, to- so much time. To- I guess since DDP didn't really trademark that anymore, I guess NXT is now using it, which I thought was interesting. I I would be intrigued to see if Diamond Dallas Page does anything with this, whether to feud with them or do something for NXT. Because I know I know he's done a lot of stuff with AEW, and that WWE was kind of upset about that. But I think for the right amount of uh, money or the right amount of you know exposure or, or, or exposure, I think they could bury the hatchet with that like i know obviously if ddp gets paid enough money he'll do it because 
he has no he had no issues with WWE. It's just that he went to he did the AEW stuff because Cody asked him to, and Cody's the son of Dusty Rhodes, and DDP has said that Dusty Rhodes uh, paved the it was the guy who mo- who mentored and helped DDP get to where he is today. He's always said without Dusty Rhodes there is no Diamond Dallas Page. So if Cody when Cody asked him to help out, he said absolutely. So I know you know there's no grudge that he DDP's not holding a grudge. So whether WWE is or not, I don't know, but I think that I like to see Diamond Dallas Page worked in here somehow. But either way, um, I I'm intrigued to see where Diamond Mine goes. But it looks like Roderick Strong. Oh yeah. It looks like Roderick Strong might be going for the cruiserweight title. I don't know how do you feel about that. I don't know if he's gonna go for the cruiserweight title. I think he might let one of his other guys do it. I mean, because Adam Cole used to attack people that he wasn't going after the belt. You know what I mean? Just because he was the leader. Well, oh yes, absolutely. I'm just saying that Malcolm Bivens picked up the title, and Roderick Strong. If you look at the pic, there's a if you look at on Twitter, they have the picture of Malcolm Bivens holding the title and Roderick Strong looking down at it so well maybe uh if he is i don't know if that's the best decision because roddy has done every like i don't know i i think that would be a downgrade for him i mean yeah because i i do look i do look at it like this if he is going to go for the cruiserweight title it might be a downgrade for him but it'll be an upgrade for the belt that is true and i think that that's what it needs because obviously um escobar did a lot for that cruiserweight title yeah he did kushida's not doing kushida yeah he's putting on good matches but his promo skills are shit, and every match he has is basically just the same strong style bullshit. So some people might be fans of Kushida. It ain't doing nothing for me. I'd rather see it on a guy like Roger Strong because well, I, there, I mean, I, I would agree. But I mean, but yeah, I'll also to see Vinny. They literally just made uh, Kushida lose. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. He 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 lost, but he lost to Kyle O'Reilly. He didn't lose his title. He just lost to Kyle O'Reilly. Still, I still think it's like, well, you did just make your your cruiserweight champion lose. Yeah. So I'm thinking like that could be a good if Roger is going to be the cruiserweight champion. It'd be a good way to elevate the belt. I don't see him going for the North American title. Plus, he's already been there, done that with the North American title. So, and I think technically he's been a tag team champion, right? Yeah, he has. So I would say either make him the, either either elevate the cruiserweight title by giving it to him. Or make him a future contender for the NXT title. Like take pick a path yeah, and take it. I would it. be fine with I would say pick a path and take it because it'd be something good because right now I don't see him in the NXT title picture because Karrion Cross is on a roll. He yeah, just, he is. So Roderick Strong is not gonna get that t- see or get that title anytime soon. So I would like to see I would like to see him elevate the cruiserweight title a little bit and then eventually drop the belt to somebody else and then upgrade to the NXT title. Uh I I would be okay with that, uh, but it would take. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But either way, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Diamond Mine. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. This looks like it's gonna be a good faction. And obviously on Tuesday we're gonna find out more about it. I like that Malcolm Bivens is back on TV because he yeah, is. Yeah, I know you've talked about him before. You like Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, he's a great manager, you know. And we, and we, and we laugh. And there's so few managers in wrestling anymore, or well, at least not in, in the WWE anyway. Like AEW's got like twelve, got like twelve hundred. But this here we got like we, we're not seeing a lot of managers. So I'm intrigued to see what Malcolm Bivens does. Obviously that tag team they brought in for him didn't work out. Um, I don't know what the hell they're with them but either way i like the diamond mine and oh, I they're see with gender now oh they are okay yeah 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 they uh they're with gender mahal i actually like randomly was flipping around on smackdown one night and gender mahal uh, gender mahal cut a promo and those two guys were with them 
All right. Awesome. So good to know we got that. And now we got, so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude the recap of uh, NXT. And uh, John, as always, I, I thank you to take your time out of your busy schedule. I know it's been busy to uh, join me here on the show. And um, now John and I were talking uh, before the show. Uh, about some stuff and john i'm gonna let you tell the audience what we talked about yeah uh sadly ladies and gentlemen uh i have to take a hiatus uh from the booch cast um apparently uh planning a wedding uh is a lot more involved than i initially anticipated who would have thought um so i am gonna basically be taking a leave of absence roughly until november or december um so i'm hopefully you know uh, i one in the audience will understand but uh sometimes i just gotta handle my business and uh i kind of want to marry my lady so uh sadly uh that's gonna come at the sacrifice of doing the booch cast every week but but do not fear we're still gonna do D. &D. we're still gonna uh we're still gonna recap nxt i just won't be here until roughly december yes and we have talked and at some point we will be doing the uh collision in korea for dark side of the ring so he has agreed to make time for that it's just that the the Boochcast is going to be taking time off for, and uh, I, I'm just saying here at the Boochcast, I'm totally okay with it, and the reason I'm okay with it is because John's been busting his ass to make time. Like, this is a guy, like, even when he was transitioning and moving into his new house, he was still making time to come here on the show, and I know that there have been times where I've had to make changes because I've had shit happen. And you guys heard me talk about that on uh, on the on the other podcast show we did this week. Uh, you can check it out. It's called "I've Been to Hell in a Cell and Back." I talk all about that on the show. But uh, and I and I know I put uh, Elvis and Desmond on blast, but I will give John the credit. He has made time when he could, and he's had valid excuses when he couldn't make it. So when John said he needed time off to do this, I was totally okay with it because he's been contributing to the show. And I know you guys are, you guys love John and the, you know, the perspective he brings to NXT, the passion he brings to NXT. I love it just as much. So my philosophy is if he needs time off to take care of business, I'm happy to let him do it. And John, I can't wait for you to come back, man. And, uh, you know, do what you do best. I appreciate it, brother. Oh, you make the video. Why are you, why are you doing this to me, man? <laughs> I love you guys, oh. but but it is sad for me to, to it is sad for me because I love doing this. I did, I, mean, I love having you on here, man. This is great. Like it's like ever since um it's like ever since we found out we both like wrestling. This is pretty much what we've done before you even came on the show. True. We uh, I <laughs> I uh, I recall the uh, the many a nights we would just stand out in front of uh, the Moe's house yeah. or stand out in front of your house. Well, basically standing in front of the Moe's is standing in front of your house. You know what I mean. We're in the cul-de-sac but, uh, but yeah yeah just standing out there and then like it was funny because um you know because then like 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 oh he's talking to his boyfriend and she walks into the house it was hilarious uh sadly but uh but Vinny, it is uh it is my time to go my friend all right all right so ladies and gentlemen uh make sure you guys are following the Boochcast. we are on anchor spotify breaker and google Podcasts. uh pick the hosting site you like follow us there or follow us on all four also make sure you like us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content also make sure you guys go to twitter and instagram at the Boochcast. get the latest tweets photos and videos check out everything also subscribe to the youtube 
YouTube channel. We got great. We got a, we got a D and D one shot on there. We got watch parties. We got skits. We have a Boochcast reviews Dark Side of the Ring. Check out all the 16 episodes we got. We got other episodes coming soon, including the Collision in Korea, as well as uh, Brian Pillman, Nick Gage, Ultimate Warrior, The Smith Family, Dynamite Kid, all coming soon. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we're going to be doing our live D&D show in October, November is when that's going to happen. Also, uh, we're going to be doing our wrestling watch parties. The next one will be August 21st for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you're joining us for that. Also, and of course, make sure you guys go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Uh, it's the new thing we're doing in the place of Patreon in order to, if you guys want to contribute to the show, it's a much easier route to go. Uh, you just go to Anchor, click on the option, it allows you to become a supporter. We got three different levels now. We don't have any prizes set yet, but we will be setting them soon. But if you register now, Whichever tier you're on, once we get the prize once we get the prize set up, we will send the prize to you. So whether you do it now or when we get the prizes, either way, it'll come to you. But the three different levels we have. Number one, you can contribute for 99 cents a month. 99 cents, standard right there. The second level is $4.99 a month, which is basically the same price as a Peacock subscription. So rather than wasting your money on Peacock, you can bring it here where the content's better. Also, you can go to the final tier, which is $9.99 per month. That's right. The same price you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription is now, you can send that here to the Boochcast. Obviously, you're not doing anything with that $9.99 if you live in the States, because we don't get the network anymore, but you can send that $9.99 over here, where the content is better. And you have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. So if you got GPay, that has an option as well. Go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Take advantage of the opportunity. Allow us to build our show. It allows us to upgrade the equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, take care of the guys who work hard behind the scenes, you know, so make sure you guys are, you know, take advantage of that. If you're able to, we greatly appreciate it. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>